we've seen some incredible healings in this house through this time. Some lives changed forever. I'm excited about what God has placed on his heart for this morning and for us. So I'm going to ask him to come, and in just a moment, we're preparing to receive a love offering to sow into some very fertile soil. And uh, I'm going to let him explain what that is and, and what's going on. So would you welcome Brother Andre Van Zell as he zeal, 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 which is it? Praise the Lord. I don't have a church, and he's one of my members. I would have to appoint a special staff member just to check out Gary Beck 24-7 a day. As unpredictable, but uh, we love him because the love of Christ covers it all. Amen. Great to be with you. Good morning. Uh, we're going to have a great time in the Lord. How many of you enjoyed last night? We ended on an extremely high note. Uh, your unexplainable is the breeding ground for the miraculous. So that was a powerful, powerful night in the Lord. This morning I'm going to talk to you about life at the gate and what that looks like. It's a powerful word. I would, it's, it's very simple but very powerful. Before we're going to go into the word, thank you, Pastor Gary. Uh, I think we are now coming to this church since 96. And uh, since 96, the seasons changed uh, in the spiritual realm. Uh, many of us are doing things today that we haven't done uh, 20, 25 years ago. And I want to come in at that point. I'm standing in front of you as a different person than what I was in 96, 97. Because mandates changed. Uh, job descriptions changed. Um, and I was wondering, you know, I'm 42 years or 43 years in ministry almost. And when I look at the mandate upon my life uh, in 1980, when I stepped into ministry and where I am today, I realized that God changed some things. A year and a half ago, the Lord said to me, I want you to be like Moses from now on. And one of the things that's happening behind the scenes is we now have a group of 30 to 40 pastors, that's new generation pastors that's taking over churches that I will mentor on a monthly basis uh, through via Zoom. But other things also happened, and uh, uh, I really want to ask you to sow into this. Without people like you, I cannot go. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the income to win the whole world, but we are stirring the waters. Now, let me just give you a few nuggets. Um, Many years ago, the Lord prompted me to challenge the body of Christ to come back to the upper room with the emphasis on the spirit of prayer. We had phenomenal conferences and gatherings. Uh, we had our last one in October last year in Columbus, Ohio, Potter's House Church, which is a Church of God venue. And the upper room is not one denomination. There's several. Um, we had the Binions from Dallas that flew into that did the praise and worship. 
we had such an anointing in that place. We had several leaders from the Middle East. Although it's not a global upper room, they came. Uh, and our ministry sponsored some of those leaders. It cost us several thousand dollars unexpectedly. But we had leaders from Iran, Syria. I've got the pictures of it. We had leaders from Turkey. Um, we already have 17 other uh, Middle Eastern nations that is on board for the next upper room, 17. These are people that pay the highest price for the gospel. And uh, there's a great stirring at the moment going on. Uh, I told you about Melody, the, past, the, the, the daughter of Luke Yegazar, who's originally from Iran, lost his wife. His sister was martyred two years ago for the gospel in Iran. In fact, uh, he's now in California, and I will fly to California soon to minister to all the uh, uh, Middle Eastern churches in California. There's many, Iranians, Syrians, uh, Armenian churches. I will go there, and phenomenal stories that will come out of that group. But church, we, we have Melody, the daughter of Luke, flying back to Turkey. In fact, she arrives at Turkey this weekend, she and her husband. They planted churches in Turkey, and they are now working amongst uh, Muslims that has been hit by the earthquake, uh, and also Syria. And Luke asked me, Pastor, is it possible that you can ask your churches to help us with uh, financial support so that we can help Melody in Turkey and in Syria? That is just one aspect. The upper room, back to the upper room. The upper room is a stirring where... We have global leaders on board. We want to bring the whole world into America. And um, March the 16th, I have a Zoom call with about 18 leaders. I have one of the biggest church planting uh, ministries in the world. Dr. Hendrik Foster from Australia will be on that call. They literally, they expect to plant another 40 plus thousand churches just in the continent, South America, in the next 10 years. So, um, Dr. Doug Small, I mentioned his name, dear friend of mine, probably the most authoritative person you can ever hear on prayer. He just ministered in the upper room in Columbus in October. And what he revealed, that's what's coming, it's hard to tell you in five minutes what he spoke about. It's just phenomenal. So um, I told you about the South Koreans. There's a great movement in South Korea where it landed up on national television in South Korea where the Lord spoke to the church in South Korea to fly intercessors into America, and these intercessors will arrive next month. Several hundred of them from big churches in South Korea to come and pray for America. They don't preach. They don't want your pulpit on a Sunday. All they ask is, can we come into your buildings and pray? And uh, they, the Lord said to them, the motherland is sick. The motherland, according to them, is America, who is the, America sponsored 80 to 90% of world missions money and evangelistic money in history. And the Lord said to them, if America goes sick, the whole world goes sick. And uh, they are coming in next month. It, this costs lots of money. But you know what? When all the churches gather together in South Korea, they call Doc Small. 
And now Doug wants me to fly to South Korea this year. And Doug Small is one of our leaders in the upper room. So uh, we have phenomenal leaders. We have another leader that I will probably see this Wednesday in Atlanta that influenced millions in Africa, just in Africa alone. We are bringing these leaders together for the sake of prayer because we believe that once we bring them in, we can spread them into the 15 states of uh, America. These are just things that I'm busy with apart from the normal ministry that I do. So, church, when I ask you to sow a seed, it goes towards this. Uh, it makes my hands stronger. Um, and to be honest with you, I think we need a miracle offering. And I'm so sorry that it, that it ended up our being in Ravenna. I remember the days in Ravenna. I remember what happened here since 96. I even remember offerings that came into this church. And one thing the Lord taught me in 43 years of ministry, the best offerings never come from the mega churches. To be honest with you, if they give what the people really sh give, uh, they will probably be threatened. But the best offerings comes from the smaller churches, which I personally believe is the true backbone of the body of Christ globally. It is the smaller churches that forms the backbone. So give into the upper room. Give into what we need to do. I'm 70 years old. The Lord gave me a powerful word that I will run stronger. I, if I don't come back to your church next year, it's because he's retiring. So uh, don't blame it on me. So let us pray that God will add another 10 years to Pastor Gary Beck's life. And uh, that, <laughs> come on, brother. What will you do if you lay hands upon you and God says you're going to minister until you're 80? Yeah, don't talk to me because I'm in control here now. So, so um, pray that God will extend his life so that I can come back here. Because I don't plan to, to retire now. I've got fire in my bones. And I'm going to give the devil a hard time for another 10 years. And um, I want to see the globe on fire. And you know, Doug Small and Johannes Amritzer and other strong leaders support me 100%. Um, and um, so church, uh, shall we receive that offering now if we can? Uh, Thank you for helping us. May the Lord bless you. If you have more questions, you can ask me after the service. I will be available. Everything that comes in goes into the ministry of GNN and not to me personally. Thank you so much. Father, I thank you that you will stir the hearts of somebody to bless this globe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for helping us. Hallelujah. Give with a smile and joy. Okay. You know, we have strong leaders from the Assemblies of God and the Church of God that is uh, supporting us in this whole thing. So you're really giving into something that is kingdom. It's much bigger than one denomination. Even the, the, the Pentecostal Holiness Church, they are involved. And um, we also plan to bring 
missions directors onto our call from denominations two weeks from now who can, who can help us to uh, blanket uh, leaders in every nation on the face of the earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 7. And what I love about Jesus is just watching him in the scriptures. Um, Jesus is not very religious. He's easy to follow. And all I want to do is I just want to watch him how he operates. This morning I want to talk to you at Life at the Gate, and it's going to come out of Luke chapter 7, verse 11 and 12. So let us just read those two verses, and then I will go back to verse 1 and just recap a miracle that he did before we go to the specific miracle. But in verse 11 it says, Now it happened the day after, now the day after was once he did a miracle previously, and I'm, I'll touch on that. Uh, it happened the day after that that he went into a city called Nine. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd, a large crowd of people. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. I'm going to talk about that boy, that funeral. I'm going to talk about the gate of that city and touch a little bit on that. When you look at chapter 7, and let, let us just read this, this is a miracle that happened the previous day. It seems to me that wherever Jesus is, miracles just happen. It's just impossible not to see miracles. So now when he had concluded all these sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard about Jesus, when he heard about Jesus, when he heard about Jesus, we need to restore the true, authentic sound of Jesus. I'm not telling, when they, when they heard about religious preaching regarding Jesus, no. When they heard about Jesus, the one that's not polluted with religion, when they heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come to heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one, who, uh, the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation, and he built us a synagogue, and Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should even enter under my roof. So they stopped Jesus halfway going to the house. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word. Watch what they say to Jesus. Say the word. Jesus, if you can just open your mouth and release a word, we will have the miracle. Come on. If Jesus can just open his mouth, a miracle will happen. Because... He is the Word, and there's life power in His Word. And they said to Him, say the Word, 
For I'm also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And if I say to the one, go, and he goes, and the other one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he will do it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and he turned around, and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such a great faith, not even in Islam. Jesus is looking for that kind of faith where you will say, say the word. I'll go home and I will tell my home what you said. And we all know that this is a, a miracle. They went back to the house and the man was healed. Come on. How many of you believe that you can go home and find your family being touched by the Lord while you heard the word? That, that's how powerful it is. I don't think we realize, I think the problem with us is we've heard the gospel too many times. We've become preaching proof. If I say the same word to a crowd that hardly ever heard about Jesus, you will see how the miracles will happen. Come on, church. Don't let, don't waste this. So, so what happened is Jesus did a miracle over a distance. But now we're going to go into this morning sermon. And it says there uh, in verse 10, And those who went, uh, uh, returned to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Now, it happened a day after. So the day after, he went into a city called Nine. So here we have Jesus. He did a distant miracle, and now he's on his way to the city Nine. Bible calls the city the nine, a city. In those days, when a city had walls around it, or a city normally was a place that had walls around it. It was not a town. Nine was not that big, but it was considered a city because it had walls around it. Of course, it was for safety. Now, I want you to see the picture. Uh, I'm not really going to take that long. Nine was about 30 kilometers from Capernaum. So we have Jesus. He left Capernaum. It was about 30 kilometers, which is about 18 miles. So Jesus is in Capernaum. It's 18 miles from the city Nine, which was, which was also close to the Sea of Galilee. And uh, a few kilometers away from Nazareth. So here you have the picture. Nazareth, not too far out. Nine is a city with walls around it. Jesus is in Capernaum. And now Jesus leaves Capernaum to go to Nine. He's going to walk 18 miles with some of his disciples and a huge crowd. They left to go to the city Nine. They must have left that morning. It'll take about six hours plus could be longer because when you walk with a huge crowd, you cannot walk that fast. I want you to see the picture. Jesus left Capernaum to meet a lady at the gate of her city. Uh, great distance. And uh, in nine, the city, something else happened. Somebody died. This is a widow, and her only son died. I want you to see the picture. In the city, there's a, a widow that has one boy. He died. 
So all of a sudden, arrangements in the city is taking place for a funeral. 18 miles away from there, that same day, everybody say the same day. The same day you are preparing for the worst. The same day somebody else is preparing to walk towards you. The same day you're preparing to end the day in sadness, Jesus is leaving Capernaum to find you at the gate. Come on, church. So she had one boy, and he must have died early that day. How do I know it? Because in those days, the culture was when somebody die, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have a funeral that same day. Unless that person die late in the day or very or towards the evening, you will do the funeral the next day. But the culture was, you, we must do the funeral the same day. And, um, and, and the first thing I learned here is that walls cannot escape death. There's no walls in this world that can keep danger away from you. The only person that can help you is Christ. So here we have a city with walls around it. Death comes to everyone, but here is a beautiful picture. In this whole picture, we have two sons. The one is the son of a widow that died. The one is a corpse. But we have another son. He's the son of God. He's not a corpse. And he is the life giver. Come on. Two sons is in this picture. The one will be resurrected, but he will die again. The one, the corpse, the dead boy, will be resurrected, but he will die again. Ultimately, to be resurrected again. The other one is alive, and he will ultimately die, and then he will be resurrected never to die again. That's the difference between the two. Both have followers. There was a huge crowd in the city that followed this woman towards the funeral that was outside the city. The funeral yard, they normally buried them outside the city. So she had a huge crowd following her. And the Bible talks about it. It's a huge crowd. And that crowd was filled with sadness. But 18 miles away from there, there is another son who also has a huge crowd. But that crowd is electrified because they've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. Come on. I don't want to say change crowds. All I want to say is, if you're in a crowd of sadness, get ready for a ch the change of the atmosphere. So here we have two sons on their way towards one another. We are, we are basically heading towards a head-on collision. How many of you believe that God is so good 
that is preparing you for a head-on collision right at the place where you're about to give up. He's ready to prepare you for a head-on collision to stop you in your tracks where you will not do what you plan to do. Gate moments are God-orchestrated or moments. I believe Jesus was man and God, and we spoke about Jesus, man and God last night. I believe that Jesus, when he left Capernaum, he already knew I will stop a woman at the gate in her track. You must understand she was a widow. That tells me that she previously walked that same road towards another funeral, the funeral of her husband. But this time Jesus decided, I'm not going to allow her to have another funeral of somebody that should have lived longer. What is God saying? Do not plan for a funeral that is not timely. There is a time to die, but there's no reason why anybody should die before their time. And I want to say to all of you, do not give up on dreams and visions that has not yet been fulfilled. Do not give up. Do not settle for a day where you will call it it's over when God is saying, why do you do that? I'm leaving heaven to be on time to stop you not to complete what you plan to do. She had all the reason in the world to do a funeral. I mean, you cannot have a funeral without a corpse. But the resurrection and the life cannot walk past any corpse and not resurrect it. You will never find in the Bible that there was any funerals that were successful where they asked Jesus to attend. Jesus never attended a successful funeral. It sounds funny. It's the truth. Come on. So, uh, the Lord says, what is it that you plan to bury? Now, I know some of you lost your husbands and some of you lost your wives, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a boy here that is going to die long before he should have died, and God is saying, I will walk 18 miles. I will leave Capernaum most probably before your son even died. I don't know when he died. I don't know how they can arrange a funeral within one day. But it seems to me those days things were different. The moment you hear somebody died, you don't go to the office that day. You go to the funeral. But Jesus left Capernaum 18 miles from there. The distance that she had from her home to the gate of the city was much shorter than the distance that Jesus had from Capernaum to the gate. But that's what I love about God, that he's willing to work on my behalf and walk towards me to find me, to bless me, and I don't even know he's coming my way. 
Come on. I think Jesus must have said at certain times, he must have said to the disciples, can you just hurry up the crowd? I just feel like we need to walk a little bit faster because I have an appointment at a specific minute to meet a specific woman at a specific gate to stop her in her tracks. Get excited. God is coming your way to stop you going in the wrong direction for the wrong reason. God is coming your way to turn your sadness into joy. Amen? Tell somebody next to you, he's talking to you. Okay. Hallelujah. Don't bury what God can resurrect. Don't give up on things that God doesn't want you to give up on. Hallelujah. I was sitting in my study this week, and I was sitting, uh, I, the, I, 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 I moved the table in the last 11 years. I moved it from a certain position. So 11 years ago, I was sitting on that side of my study behind my desk, and this week the table was standing here, but I'm sitting in a couch on this side of my study, and as I sat there, I talked to the Lord about the upper room, and I said, Lord, 11 years ago, you spoke to me over there, three meters away from where I am, and I complained to you about the 300 men of Gideon, and that's all I have. And the Lord said to me, yeah, 11 years ago, you complained about the 300 men of Gideon that is with you when I told you over there, do the upper room, and now you sit over here, and the Lord says, amazing what I did in 11 years with your 300 men of Gideon that you does not believe in. And now that I challenge you to go even higher, you bring up your 300 men of Gideon story again. The Lord says, don't you remember what I told you over there 11 years ago? I've stopped you in your, and I said, okay, Jesus, I will not argue with you because I can already see you're on your way to come and get a hold of me. And I don't even know you already left Capernaum. Come on. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you will not be successful in doing that thing of sadness. Find somebody else that's more positive and say to him, your mission with sadness will be stopped. Okay. Thank you. Health gates, mental gates, physical gates, financial gates. We all have gates, and sometimes we, you see, a gate those days was the gathering place of the city. Uh, Second Kings chapter 7, uh, God, the prophet said, tomorrow this time there will be food in the gates of Samaria. Food in the gates. God wants to do the miraculous in the gate where everybody can see it. America has a gate. Come on. Ravenna has a spiritual gate. God says, I'm coming towards your gate. That mental gate that torments you in the middle of the night. The Lord says, I'm going to meet you at the gate of your thinking. Don't allow the gate of your thinking to arrange a funeral. It will not happen. I spoke to you last night about the fourth watch. 
So here we have Jesus. He's coming towards the gate and um, to do a miracle. Now, you must understand the woman was incomplete without her son. The word son means ministry. In the Old Testament especially, when a woman had a boy, that was her pride. The greatest honor a woman could have had in the Old Testament was to have a son. The word son means ministry, or the word son also means carrier of future generations. So here we have a woman, her future generation is gone. Her pride is gone. Her ministry is gone. She's following a dead corpse, and she's getting towards the gate of the city, and right the moment when she got to the gate of the city, another son arrived with a huge crowd. And now you have a head-on-head collision with two crowds. The one is sad and the other one is glad. And guess what? With God at the gate, you're not going to leave the gate. With God at the gate, you're not going to need your graveyard. You're not going to get, come on church. With God at the gate, he's going to force you to go back home and he's going to give you reason to go back home. I've got good news for you. You will not spend one night in your home with an empty bed of a young man that died. Come on. Before she spent one night without her son, she had her son back in his own bed. And I am here to say to you today, God will not allow you to spend one night longer in sadness. He walked 18 miles with a huge crowd to meet you and all your naysayers and all your complainers and all your moaners. Because those days, they had professional mourners. Those days, mourning was a professional job. You drink a lot of water, they pay you a lot of money, and you just cry a lot at the funeral to make it very successful. God says, there's too much mourning in my church. There's too much sadness in my church. There's too many depressed people sitting in the pews of churches. There's too many people that are professional mourners, professional naysayers, professional complainers. Oh, they are always negative. Oh, my goodness. I just pray that if you're negative one more day, I'd rather die and go to heaven because we don't need more sadness. God says, I'm going to meet you at the gate, and I'm going to turn things around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Two crowds, two sons. One is a corpse, one is the life giver. And... Uh, and when he had come near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. So she's got a large crowd, and Jesus has got a large crowd. And, and, and man, that is so prophetic for me. We're going to change the atmosphere among certain crowds. And when the Lord saw her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said, do not weep. The first thing that caught Jesus was her sadness, her tears. 
do not weep. And if God says stop weeping, then you're going to have a reason for not weeping anymore. Do not weep. Then he came and he touched the open coffin. He touched the open coffin. Wow. He touched the open coffin. He walked 18 miles to touch your open coffin. And those who carried him stood still and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. Arise. This all happened in the gate. This all happened where the traffic is very intense. Because those days you had to go through that gate to get in and out. And Jesus is saying, I'm heading towards the gates of America. God is not afraid to show off in the gates. I pray that God will show off in political gates. He's not afraid of the Washington gate. He's not afraid of the White House gate. He's not afraid of even Putin's gate. Don't challenge God. He left heaven 2,000 years ago to find you on time Sunday morning, February 27. Is that correct? No, 26. Sunday morning, 26. What is the time? I'll give you the time if you don't have it, 11.06. God is coming to the gate of Ravenna. He left 2,000 years ago to be here on February 26, 11.06 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, USA. To stop you from moaning and groaning. Come on. You waste a lot of money on professional mourners. And Jesus said, I'm going to touch your coffin. I'm going to resurrect your boy. I am the resurrection and the life. And I'm going to resurrect him. I've got something in common with your son. He is your only son. And I am also an only son. Uh, his father died, but my father is still alive. And my father has sent me so that I can send you back home. You will not see the funeral side of your son. When the Lord saw that, he said, do not weep. And he came and he touched the coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young men, arise. So he, the, so he, who, who, he who was that set up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. He presented. I love that. <laughs> I want to see what that looked like. I think he got up in the coffin. He says, hey, mom. I'm back. I think he was surprised. Oh, so you guys all came? Oh, so you guys all walked a mile, one mile, because you heard about I'm dying? No, well, I'm back. Because I am the only son. But, man, this only son standing here. He came 18 miles. He left Capernaum this morning early to walk six hours, seven hours to find me here at the gate and send me back home. The first thing I would have said to my mother is, I hope you have fresh, clean linen on my bed. What is the message this morning? 
you will not get further than the first gate. You will not get further than the exit. God will stop you in your tracks. The beautiful thing is this, that he was walking on my behalf before I even knew it. There's a miracle somewhere coming my way, and I don't even know about it. If you don't have faith to believe it, go to your funeral. If you don't have to fa the faith to be excited about this like I am, just stay with your dead corpse. Enjoy him. Get him into the ground before he starts to smell. But I, I have a different approach. Somebody left Capernaum to stop me at my gate. I expect a miracle that will find me before I can find him. Come on. I know a God who is already working on my behalf. I'm saying it again. I know a God, and I even know there is already angels at work on my behalf. They are already working on my case. I, I have a corpse but I'm not concerned about it because all I know one thing, I don't need a graveside because somebody is coming my way. Jesus left Capernaum that morning because he knew at the gate of nine, I want to turn something around and I want to send her back home. She lost her husband. But she will not lose her boy premature or before the time. Do not give up on your dreams. Do not give up on the lifespan that God has given you. God can expand your life. I mean, I prophesy to people over the years, and they come back to me and say, You prophesied that God will extend my life. I said, Well, I prophesied that to you. They said, Yes, sir. You see, one word from God, like the previous miracle we just read about, that man said, say the word. Here is Jesus. He's in the gate. He looked at that dead boy and he says, young man, I say to you, arise. He said it. Once he said it, it's, it's resurrection. It manifests. Nothing that he ever spoke did not manifest. He is a manifesting God. He is a moving God. He's a creative God. That's why I believe if he can open his mouth over my body, my body will function another 10 years. My liver, my pancreas, my lungs, my lips, my eyes, my brain, every cell in my body will function so that I can function for another 10 years. I'm telling you, I'm going to be the best-looking 80-year-old guy you've ever seen on the face of the earth. 
I'm going to be the best dancer at the age of 80. Why? Because I met my Savior at the gate of my bankruptcy. At the gate where I thought I'm going to die, He met me and He touched my coffin. And here I am. I'm alive already 66 years, on the, uh, 64 years on the other side of my deathbed. When I was six years old, the doctor said six years from six months from now to my mother, you will bury this little boy. He's going to die and he's going to be blind when he's going to die because I had an eye problem because of my lung problem. But my mother said, no, sir. God said to me that he will go to the nations one day and he will preach the gospel. My mother is in heaven already, but here I am. I am 64 years on the other side of the gate where I was supposed to die. But when my mother, my mother was at that gate and she prophesied and the Lord healed me and here I am. I've got lungs like a big old balloon, man. My lungs are stronger than ever before. My eyes is not skewy anymore. Why? Because God decided I cannot die one day before my time. And I want to say to every person here that planned to give up and throw in the towel, get your act together. God is at your gate and God is going to send you back home and you're going to be healed and delivered. Hallelujah! Say it loud and clear. Somebody is at my gate. Say somebody. Say somebody is messing. Is messing. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm upset now. You better work with me now. Come on, you are slow for a bunch of Pentecostal people. Say God is messing with my coffin. Hallelujah. Huh. I'm telling you, when I flew out of Atlanta yesterday, I said, Jesus, help me. I'm going to fly probably a thousand miles, but I'm not flying. I'm flying. I'm flying. I'm flying. Because Sunday morning, I'm going to meet them at the gate of Ravenna. I remember the days when this church had old green walls. Man, I wish I could turn everything upside down here. When this anointing comes over me, I want to touch everything that I can touch. I want to resurrect anything I can resurrect. I will resurrect even a pew or a piano if I can. Hallelujah. Because when the Holy Ghost comes over you, you're going to touch things and they will come alive. Can you imagine the crowd that came with Jesus? They stood there. They are so excited. They saw miracles. And here they met this crowd from the Ravenna Assemblies of God, and they are all sad. And this crowd says to the other crowd, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You following a corpse. We're following the life giver. And that day, God made the two crowds one crowd. And the one crowd, was an, an, a prophetic, oh, hear the word of the Lord. God says, I'm going to bring all churches and denominations together, and I'm going to baptize them in a fresh joy, and they will have be on the same page, and they will see the same resurrection power, and I, there will be no more sadness amongst my people because I am the life giver. Rise up and walk. 
And here they went back to the house. And they never reached the graveside. Oh, my goodness. I can just imagine the funeral guys. You know the funeral guys? You know the funeral, they put that piece of lawn, greens, you know, do they do it the same way as in Africa? They put that green lawn thing out and everything looks so nice and those big silver, uh, um, not pipes, because they're going to put the coffin on the belt and oh, everything was ready there and they had a, a basket full of uh, rose flowers is there and they probably even threw some, some eau de cologne on it to make the roses smell better. And they are waiting at the graveside. In the meantime, they don't know, they don't know that the corpse had a gate appointment. <laughs> and somebody texts them on an Apple phone and say, cancel the funeral. Because another crowd came to the gate, and, they, and there's a man in the middle of this crowd. His name is Jesus. He's also the only son. He also had a father. He is the resurrection and the life. And he resurrected the other only son, and he gave back the joy of the mother. Send a text. Send a text to your finances. Send a text to your mental problem. Send a text to your physical gates. Send a text to your financial gates. Send a text to the gates of your children and tell them it's all canceled. Something happened at the gate. And that day, God got the attention of the city of nine. Oh, he got the attention of the city of nine. What happened? It's on the front page news, the nine daily news. Miracle at the gate. Corpse could not leave. Boy from Capernaum showed up. Both only sons. One was the life giver. Touch coffin. At the gate. Oh, God is ready to do a gate revival. He's going to do it in the face of the politicians. He's going to do it in the face of the naysayers. And he's going to say to them, you did not believe who I am, but I left heaven 2,000 years ago. I died on a cross to change the gates of nations. Huh? You will not get further than the gate where everybody's watching you. It is at the gate where you will carry that boy out of the city and say, Son, I'm sorry. I lost you. I had dreams for you. I took your dad to the same graveside. But now I'm taking you before your time. I'm so sad, son. I will have to spend the rest of my life in the city alone. Jesus said, no. I don't walk 18 miles for nothing. 
I don't build up a sweat for 80 miles. <laughs> In the first place, this crowd that came with me, they saw the miraculous. And I'm not going to let my crowd down at this gate. In fact, I'm going to restore this crowd's joy and I'm going to take my old crowd to another level of joy. I did not walk. I did not leave Capernaum at a certain time for a failure. I am God. And I change gates into a place of provision, healing, deliverance, miracles, signs. If you say this morning, meet me at my gate, God. Stand on your feet. If you say, Lord, meet me at my gate. Meet me at my gate. Meet me where I'm about to leave. I almost left the city. I was about one step away, and I would have been outside the gate. But before I could leave outside the gate, you met me at the gate. Come on. Just before you go outside the city and you think it's over, God says, I will stop you in your tracks. And you will make a roundabout turn. And you will go back to the very place where you got the sad news, and you will say to that room and to that bed, room, bed, linen, we are back. And you will not believe me, room. I brought the man who slept in this bed last night. I brought him because he will not miss one night in his own bed. Say this after me. Say, I will not miss out one minute because of the negativity in my life. Can you give me my music again? So thank you. Come on, church. Come on. Mental gates. Physical gates. Tormenting gates. Health gates. Come on. Father, I thank you. Come on, Mama. This is your moment. You say, Pastor Andre, I had previous sadness. Pastor Andre, I lost my husband. I know you lost your husband. But God says, the next funeral you're preparing for, stop it. You may have lost your husband, but I'm not done with you and your ministry. I'm not done with you and your future. The word son means ministry. This lady's at a gate. It's no wonder she's already on the altar. She's at a gate. She says, Jesus, I'm standing here at my gate. I cannot breathe without this thing in front of me. Come on, how many of you believe God can do miracles this morning? I challenge you. I know, I know, I know. I'm probably challenging you. 
but come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come, come. He left 18 miles ago. He walked 18 miles. Come on, church. Let's walk a little bit faster. Come on, crowd. Walk faster. Come on, you guys from Capernaum. You need to walk faster. Capernaum crowd. Capernaum people, hurry up. There's a woman at the gate. We need to be on time. Come on, Capernaum crowd. Walk faster. I'm going to show you a miracle at the gate. But come on, crowd. There's another crowd coming to the same gate where I'm taking you. Come on, Capernaum crowd. I'm taking you to a gate. There's another crowd in the city coming out of the city. We need to hurry up. Because I am God. I'm planning a collision. I'm planning a miracle. Come on, Capernaum people. Walk faster. Rise your face. Raise up your faith. Get your excitement up. You're going to see a miracle at the gate of nine. You're going to see a miracle at the gate of nine. Everybody say, I will see a miracle at the gate of nine. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Lord, I flew yesterday to be here for this morning. But long before I flew, you already decided you will be here. It's not about Andre Fonsel that had to come here. It's about you that came here. Come on, church. Come on. You need a miracle at your gate. You need a breakthrough at your gate. You need to be sent back home with a message. You came to this church wondering, how will it end? I've got good news for you. It's going to end good. You came to the service, you thought, I wonder what will I preach about this morning. You never knew you're going to go back home. But this time when you go home, what was a corpse will now be alive. What was a problem will now be solved. With Jesus at the gate, come on, what you came with, you will go back with it, but it's going to look different. She came with a corpse, but next to her walk a boy, and they walk back home, and she must have said to him, son, 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 I cannot believe it. I took you to a funeral. Here you are, you're walking with me. I need a young man. Come here, sir. You look like a young man. Come here. Come on. You see this guy? I had to carry him. He was dead. Man, I carried you. You are heavy. Do you know that when you're dead, you're heavy? Do you know how much money we spend on that coffin for you? But you know what? We carried you to the gate. But man, you are walking with me back home. Man, I never thought you would walk again. Look at it. Come walk. You need to lose weight. We carried you. We carried you. We spent a lot of money on you because you were dead. But man, that man Jesus saw you in the coffin. Son, now you and I, come on church. Come on church. You can sit down. Thank you, sir. Give God praise. 
Hallelujah. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Say this after me. Say, my problem that I took to the gate, my problem and I, we will have a good conversation on our way back home. You're going to have a good conversation with your problem in the car going home this morning. You're going to have a very good conversation with your wife in the car going home because the same problem that you brought now has breath in him going back. Come on. It's not a dead thing that you carry anymore. You now carry something alive. Give God radical praise. Give me my music loud and clear. Say this, say my problem will use his own feet walking back home. There's feet under your problem. There's feet that is alive under your problem. You have to carry your problem no longer. You carried it to the gate. From the gate backwards, your problem will walk by itself. You will not carry, come on. You will not have the weight of your problem anymore. I carried him to the gate. He's heavy, that guy. I'm not going to carry him again. I'd rather let Jesus resurrect him than me carry. Come on. You will not carry your problem back home. You will not take your problem back home. Your problem is now an answer. Your problem is now life. Your problem is now alive. Your problem is now progressive. Your, come on, cheer up. Come here, ma'am. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Down with the music. Lift your hands. What's your name? Christine. Are you married? Christine. Lift your hands. Many tears in your life. Depression. Brokenness. You've lost your joy. You've given up. Is your husband here? You're going through hell. There's problems at home. You don't see a future for yourself anymore. You are preparing for the worst. You thought you are actually thrown under the bus. All the promises that man made to you doesn't look good. Hear the word of the Lord. You will not carry your problem home. Father, I thank you that as I prophesy to her, you will speak a word to the church or to her home. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. I break this curse over her. I break this. Come on, church. You've heard the word of the Lord. I don't know who you are, but Father, in the name of Jesus, let her know one thing. God, turn it around at the gate. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's about time that you break loose. It's about time that noise come out of the coffin. It's about time that's, that, the, that the man in the coffin clap his own hands. It's about time that the guy in the coffin breathe. It's about time that the guy in the coffin talks to his mother. He said to his mother, can I represent myself to you? The Bible says he present himself to his mother. <laughs> I pray that your problem will present himself or herself to you in a different way. Come on. Your problem is going to come back to you. and Your problem is going to say, hey, I'm back, but I'm, I'm different. Hey, I'm back, but I just want to present to you, I was the problem that you had, but I look so much different now because since you and I met the previous time, since you and I spoke, somebody else came and touched me, and I look much different now. Your problem is about to change. You will have a different conversation with your problem. Look at me like you're looking at a salt pillar. You, you, you look like salt pillars looking at me. You look like dumbstruck people. You need to put a smile on your face and get excited. Lift the music again. I've got one meeting. It's over. I'm going to go home. You better get alive. You better get alive. We're not preparing for a funeral. We're preparing for a celebration. We're not preparing for a funeral. We're preparing for celebration. Come on. Get the food out. Get the meat out. Get the sacrifices ready. Get the worship ready. Get the praise ready. We are celebrating there's joy in the city of nine. There's joy in the city of nine. There's joy in Capernaum. There's joy in Nazareth. But now God brought joy to nine because everywhere Jesus goes, He creates joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clap your hands, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Life at the gate, healing at the gate, resurrection at the gate, miracles at the gate. Jesus is coming to America. Jesus is coming to the gates of America. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's coming to the gates of America. Come on, come on, come on. Clap your hands, clap your hands. Come on, let's walk faster. 18 miles. 18 miles to another miracle. 18 miles to see another miracle. Come on, Get ready. Your future is bright. Your future is excitement. Your future is full of joy. Hallelujah. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Come on. Come on. Oh, I love this music. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a day of great joy coming to the earth. Hallelujah. 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 Shout it out. Lord. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, what I plan to do 
What I plan to do failed at the gate. You will fail to die before your time. You will fail to throw in the towel. You will fail to go bankrupt. When he's at the gate, you will fail in whatever you plan to do outside the city. <laughs> I've got a word for America. America, you will fail at the gate of bankruptcy. America, you will fail at the gate of giving up the foundations of this nation. The fathers of this nation that died and that birthed this nation did not do it in vain. The Lord says this generation who wants to sell America out will fail at the gate because the God of America will meet them at the gate and send them back home in revival. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Everybody say, my problem is transformed at the gate. What I carried into this meeting, I will not carry out. What I carried in will walk out with me. Lift it. Go wild with the sound. I'll pay for the speakers if it blow up. Take it out of my offering. I'll pay for the speakers. Hallelujah. It's time for celebration. The funeral did not happen. It's time for celebration. Ha. Clean the bed. Change the linen. The boy is coming back. Hey, mama. It's a new day. Revival like we've never seen. There's a new mantle upon my life. I can feel it. And with this mantle, I'm going to get old. Celebrate. Rejoice. Hallelujah. pray that God will turn your families upside down. I pray that God will change the streets of Ravenna. I can just imagine the streets of Nyan. Here comes the same people. Here comes the crowd that just went to the funeral. They came back. They had no funeral. But man, they are singing and they are dancing and they are rejoicing. What happened? Jesus met them at the gate. Oh, hallelujah. 
18 miles, 17 miles, 14 miles, 10 miles, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, I can see him, 2, I can see him, 1, he's right here. say a heavy spirit that sat upon you left come on a heavy spirit that sat upon you come on you are free you are free you are free now when you go home get that song the name of the the name of the song is Iris by Kimberly and Roberto Rivera, Alberto Rivera, they are from South America, it's part of the Spirit Song series, but this one is called Iris, get it, go Google it, play it in your car, and let the atmosphere of His presence engulf your house, your car, it's a new day. Church, I cannot do more for you. I've done everything I could have done. I brought you a picture of two sons, two crowds, two resurrections. I brought you a picture of the one that had a short distance to walk and the other one 18 miles. It's a prophetic picture. Don't lose it. And... The PowerPoint is the gate. That's where it happened. And Jesus said, I will come to every gate that you have 
and I will turn your gates into joy. When you go home, do a fire, make a big fire, and burn the coffin. Come on. Burn the coffins. Be like in Africa. When the big crusades happen, they burn. They bring all the stuff they got addicted to, and they make a big fire, and they burn it. Go and burn your coffins. Go and burn it. And say, I don't need it anymore. Because God, and, and I want to say to all of you, you will not die one day before your time. If you're in your 40s, it's not time to die. God promised you a certain age on earth. And I pray that everything that you, that you do, you will live it to the fullest. God changed it. The atmosphere, the Word of God is the truth. That man said, say the word. What I did this morning is I said the word. I spoke it. And Jesus will guarantee it. Amen. Put the best smile on your face. It always makes any face look better. I want you to go back to your seats just for a moment. Just for a moment, if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I can just see there's a different atmosphere. I can just see this joy. Those of you that are filled with the Holy Spirit, just speak in tongues. Just for a moment. Don't hide it. Why has Ravenna become so, so Presbyterian? You are so quiet. Do you know I'm going to preach in two Presbyterian churches next year? Do you know that? I've been invited to two Presbyterian churches. You think I'm going to hold back? It's already on the calendar. <laughs> Don't tell them who I really am. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. Something's going to happen. I know it. Amen. How many of you can honestly say you feel the touch of the Lord is upon you? It's going to be good, church. Ravenna, I love you. I really love you. And um, I wish I could stay longer. I pray that God will give you and Pastor Gary the best year ever. And uh, I, just, I just wish you well. And uh, I want you to pray for us. I spoke to Pastor Gary, and, and he said, yes, so if you don't like what I'm going to do now, just kill him after the service. <laughs> but what I'm going to ask you, you can take the music down a little bit. Sir, as you know, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you, you know what I do. You know who I am. Uh, this is all I do. I preach. And my greatest dream is to stir Africa that's why this, this new thing we have, the Joshua Circle, there's African pastors that will be on that group as well.
But I want to ask a few of you to partner with us for two months, and it will be for December this year and January next year. I'm planning to go to South Africa. I already have my meetings penciled in for every week that I will be there. I'm going to minister um, in Johannesburg, Pretoria. I'm going to minister in Kempton Park, in Jeffreys Bay, and in Cape Town. Uh, those are the cities where I will minister. And I want to ask a few of you if you can partner with us for two months only. Uh, you're going to fill in a little card that I have here. Maybe one of the elders need to help me here. Um, and just come and get the cards. They're, they're real. Thank you, sir. So if you can be a person that will, that will help us just for the two months, you will get a letter through the mail, and uh, everything will be explained to you. Uh, just fill this little card out and tear this one piece at the end of the card. You can just tear it off and keep it in your Bible. Just take a card and fill in what you want to give for two months, December and January this year. We must do it this way. I will be gone for eight weeks. So thank you for helping us. Um, just raise your hands, and he will give you a card. If there's another elder that can help us, maybe a younger man that can run. Uh, <laughs> I like him. He, he was nearly offended. Oh, that's one? Pastor Gary said, that's only one that liked you. Well, <laughs> if you want to have one of these cards, just raise your hand real quick. I want to do it real fast. Just fill it out, and the amount that you want to give for two months, uh, what, whatever amount you put in is for one month. So if you want to give $20 a month, just put 20 It'll be for two months, December, January. You will get all the correspondence from us, your name, address, email, everything, just put it on there. If there's an amount on my card that is not big enough for your faith, you can write in your own amount uh, that you want to give per month. This is just for two months, December, January. Thank you so much. You must fill it out now, and we're going to pick up the card from you now. Remember to tear off this one piece and just keep it in your Bible, uh, and uh, I will be in touch with you. You will not give anything this year. This is only for December and January. Uh, you will get a welcome letter, but that's all you will get. And maybe I'll send you another letter just to remind you about December and January. Thank you. Fill it out now, and we will get it from you. Church, this is the only way I can travel. Uh, I'm on my way to South Korea for the upper room's sake, regarding the upper room. Uh, I will be in South Africa. There's also a chance that I will go to Europe. I try to limit the international travels because I try to do everything via Zoom and from my office. But the upper room, the new, the upper room for this year will be uh, November. I think it's November eight to eleven this year. Uh, we will have another upper room conference in Columbus, Ohio, again at Potter's House, um, and we already have the Binions booked that will fly in from Dallas. So that is already on the cards as well. Uh, the moment you're done, just raise your hand. Thank you, sir. You are my best supporter in this church. Whatever you say. <laughs> I like his humor.
Can somebody help this young man, please? Just fill in your call. Thank you. The moment you're done, just raise your hand. We will pick it up. One of the elders help us. Brothers, yeah, just help me to pick up the cards. Remember to tear off this one piece. The sound man, I just see one of my cards sitting in the projector there. That's not where my card belongs. You must fill it in. They got my it's stuck in the projector there. Thank you. Just, just raise your hand when you're done, uh, and uh, we'll pick it up. Thank you so much. Uh, if you feel like you, you, don't, you, you, you filled it out and you made a mistake, come to us after service. We'll give the card back to you. No pressure. I want to be your friend when I leave. I'd rather have not your support, but I have your friendship than having your support and I don't have you as a friend. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Where did you get this guy from? <laughs> get your old mic. We, we, we found him at a Presbyterian church. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually, we found him from a Baptist church, but, you know, what? Is he married? Uh, he says yes. I'm not sure what she says. I feel sorry for her. <laughs> she says no. <laughs> no. Where, where is his wife? Right, right over here. Are you? Oh, man. I, no, you've said enough now. <laughs> Anybody still filling in a card? We will just want to get it from you. Is this your son? Yes. Yes. <laughs> He is my son on the weekends. <laughs> Church, thank you so much. Um, let us go. Thank you so much. I don't know how to thank you strong enough. All I want to ask you is, do not lose what you've heard this morning. You heard a word. Remember? That man said, Jesus, say the word. And I said it. Now it's into your spirit. And all I want to say to you is, your gate changed. And I want to repeat one truth about the whole sermon. What you carried in, you will not carry back. It will walk back with you on its own legs. I pray that this word will sustain you, strengthen you, build you up. And remember one thing. If I don't see you, you have a friend in me. I sometimes wish I can spend a half an hour with every person that I preach to because my heart is to help you. But I'm a human being. I cannot spend 30 minutes with everyone. But, oh, I hope you heard my heart. But even more, I hope you heard his heart. Yeah. Because my heart can be polluted, but his heart is pure. May the Lord bless you. And uh, live long, sure. and don't let him retire.
you can go now, Andre. Okay, would you mind? Uh, I've, as, as in his words, well, I've got the mic, so I'm in control. I'm going to double my chances. Would you stand with me this morning? It's been an awesome time. Andre, I know you're going on 70. Well, you're on 70. But, tr but uh, trust me, you never grow old here. You just do not. Were you talking to me? I, I, I love you too, Sue. Lord, bless them. Keep them. Surround them. Shine upon them. Favor them. Bless them. Prosper them. Promote them. Protect them. Increase them. Keep them safe. Impart your health to them. Honor them. Bless them in their coming ins, their going outs. The joy of the Lord be in and upon them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Be gracious unto them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. God bless you. God, raise the music. You are dismissed.